Hey folks, Scott Weingart here, and this is the Am... Oh, actually, it's not. This is the On Deeper Reflection podcast, which is a semi-regular podcast on making your life better, whether it means productivity stuff or a little bit of philosophy, all the stuff you've liked on MCRIP but never really fit into the MCRIP mold. Kind of weird to have that in a clinical resuscitation podcast and still going to be in the same feed you'll still be getting it in the same place but separate it out that way you can search for these episodes if you don't like this stuff you'll immediately recognize it and know what to do and what better place to start for the first episode of on deeper reflection than the nemesis of many folks for both productivity and happiness and i mean of course email now, the title of this episode, the first part in what will be at least two parts, probably more, but at least two parts on email on the ODR podcast, is email is not the problem, you are. All right, let's get into it. So I have 10 points to make about email, and some of them you might already have been doing, you've already uh, realized this in your life, and some of them you may not. I think if you embrace all 10, then your relationship with email will be radically different than it is now if you have a negative relationship with your email. So let's get right into it. Uh, Point number one is you need to actually understand the technology and the underlying philosophies. And the first one is to get that email is friggin' amazing. I mean, it is a breakthrough technology. It was really work altering when it came on the scene. Now, what did you have before email? You had asynchronous methods of communication, like the postal service, by which I mean uh, you'd send something, it would arrive in a while, depending on the alacrity with which it was sent, and then you would read it at your leisure. No one knew exactly when you got it. You'd read it whenever the hell you felt like it, and you'd reply or not uh, as you see fit in the timing that you determined. That's what makes it an asynchronous technology. And then you have the synchronous technologies, which, you know, in the old days would be the telegraph, and then it's a future iteration, the telephone. Uh, They used to be on the wall uh, for all you millennials out there. And now we have things like text and chat apps, and all these are synchronous, meaning that you are supposed to be reading or replying, if not instantaneously with things like the phone, uh, at least relatively quickly. And then... um, text and chat apps really are predicate on a near instant response. They really don't work if you're reading your text the next day. So those are synchronous. And both of these have a role, asynchronous and synchronous. Uh, They should just really be used for different things. And when you mix the ideal utility of synchronous and asynchronous, that's where a lot of the problems start. Now, email was special because it was an asynchronous mode, at least at the beginning, with instant delivery. The idea behind it was always that you could read it at your leisure as if you're checking your actual postal mail each day, but it was there the second it was sent. You wouldn't have to wait three or four days for a mail carrier to actually bring it to your house. Uh, A lot of the problems started when people started treating this asynchronous technology as a synchronous one, and we'll get down to that. That's one of the other points, but let's just acknowledge that email is amazing. It's much better than the postal service, and we are screwing it up. It's not email fault, it's our fault, because our philosophy is wrong on email. And that's another real key difference between this and resuscitation, is so much of what I have taught in resuscitation is that stop talking about strategy, strategies for amateurs, talk about 
tactics and talk about logistics, right? That get down to the real granular and then build up from there. Uh, you can't do anything without a good logistical framework. Well, it's different in email. The problem is not tactics, because we'll get to tactics. That's what the future episodes will be. Uh, and we'll get to logistics. The problem is philosophy. This is really one of bad strategy, not bad methodology. And as such, the people that tell you, here's how to fix your email, get this service that'll bring them back uh, two days later to your email box, do this, do this, do this. They're missing the point. The philosophy's wrong, not the tactics. All right. Now you'll see articles that just say, give up, uh, that you should not really be trying to keep on top of your email. You know, just treat it like a, a river flowing by and dip your feet in once in a while. That, that's going to piss off everyone else in your life, whether it be work or personal. That doesn't work. And there's this concept called Inbox Zero, uh, coined by Merlin Mann, a uh, self-styled productivity expert. I have my qualms about his qualifications for that role. But regardless, he put the idea out there that you should have Inbox Zero. Now, people misunderstood what Inbox Zero actually meant. It never meant that you had zero emails in your inbox. Um, which is not even something to strive for. What it meant is that you should only really have things touch your decision-making processing area of your brain once for your email. And, and that's really what Inbox Zero truly meant is you can't have an email box full of undecided items because that's the pain point. And that's why a lot of people are miserable with their email is because of the onslaught of uh, undecided things every time they open up the box. If you have 100 messages in your email right now and you haven't made decisions on 100 of them, your life sucks. And that's why people feel this misery when they contemplate dealing with email. So the Inbox Zero idea was to actually maximize your decision dollars to make sure that you made a decision on an email the second you touched it and didn't leave it there as this, uh, you know, real weight around your neck. And the opposite of inbox zero is, you know, a strategy adopted by a bunch of people in my life, uh, uh, loved ones who I live with, who uh, they, they're striving for as many zeros in their inbox as possible, but there's a one in front of them. So, you know, one of my really close people in my life has like over 100,000 emails in his or her box. Um, that's not going to work out. Uh, there, there's nothing you could do with that. There's no point in it. You're not going to ever process email number 999,000 down on that list. Uh, and in fact, you should just declare email bankruptcy, which is a great way to start fresh on this stuff, which is you just archive all of the messages in your box. If you want to, you can send out a message saying, look, I am doing this and you should just resend anything you need or you just don't. People will eventually um, get pissed off enough that uh, if it's anything except the most recent 100 emails, uh, they've already accepted you're not answering them. So just delete them all and start off with a fresh email. Um, so another philosophical point is that you don't get too much email. You get too many decisions. And the solution is not processing your email better. It's eliminating the amount of decisions you have to make. And we'll get to that in a little bit. 
And then I guess the last philosophical point I'll talk about before we get into um, the other nine points is uh, a lot of people as a stopgap solution have gone to uh, the Tim Ferriss method of just check your email once a day or once every two days as a solution. And look, as a stopgap, this is effective. It's much better for your life than if you're checking your email a hundred times a day. But the reason it's a stopgap is because what you really need to do is establish the capability of deep work in the rest of your day. And then it doesn't matter if you've accomplished deep work without distractions, whether they're email or Twitter or TikTok or anything. Um, Then it doesn't matter how many times in the rest of the day you check your email. If you do all the other things that I'm going to mention in this podcast, I check my email more than once a day and it doesn't hurt my productivity or happiness at all. And I'll tell you the reasons why. And I understand these people who, uh, for them, it's the same. It's analogous to removing Facebook from their phones. Um, You know, you can't check Facebook if it's not there and all of a sudden it becomes one less thing blocking you from getting the things done you want to get or just blocking the life you want to have where you're paying mindful attention to your kids and family, etc. But better would just simply be to have a lifestyle where whatever's on your phone does not affect the deep work or the deep mindfulness that you're actually striving for. So I, I get it why folks that have trouble with this issue would go to uh, a stopgap solution like I check email once a day or once every two days. And we'll talk about a situation where I think you should be doing that even if you are like the master of mindful uh, exclusion of distractions from your life. Um, but it's not the real solution. If, you, if that's your solution, then you haven't really gotten to the higher levels of a good relationship with email. All right, right along those lines, email should spark joy. Now, this is Marie Kondo. This is how she approaches actually organizing your home. It's a worthwhile book. It's it's actually kind of great. Um, there's a lot of Shinto uh, spirituality in there that trickles down to, you know, a modern interpretation. It's worth a read. Um, but this idea of spark joy, uh, you know, was really like a a spark that ignited huge fires in all sorts of different realms. And I think email is a perfect place to extrapolate that philosophy. Um, When you open up your email box, if you're doing it right, then you should never have dread. You should only have happiness because the things coming in are all the things you want to see and nothing you don't. And if you you could get there, you know, every so often there's going to be like a tragedy that you get notified on email you know, notified in your email. And of course, that's not going to spark joy. But overall, and and that's still the stuff you'd want to hear about, obviously. So overall, your email should spark joy. Now, the first step to take is if you are combining your work and home email, it will never spark joy. Because work, for better or worse, is the source of a majority of stress in our lives. Not necessarily negativity, but stress, meaning uh, things that leave us with difficult decisions to make, difficult things to deal with, additional work on our plate. Um, I, for a time, you know, the first few years of my uh, life as an attending, had my emails from both streams, work and personal, coming into one email box. I think this is a horrible idea. I really would advocate separating not just in two separate areas of an Outlook account or a Gmail, but actually separate things you have to log into or open separately, whether it's on your iPhone having two separate email apps, uh, which is, I think, a great way to go. I I use Spark for work email and I use Gmail for personal Um, or or simply uh, some firewall between your personal email and your work email. And then, and this may piss off some of the bosses out there, I hope it doesn't, but 
check your work email only once a day. Only once a day for work email. And at a time where you're not planning on getting any deep work done on your day off, um, check it at a time where uh, a little bit of stress is not going to ruin what you want to accomplish, whether it's you know going out with your uh, family or what have you. So once a day on work. Now, if you're in a job where you really don't have any commitments aside from showing up to work, then maybe even less than once a day, maybe every couple of days, or maybe only when you're actually at work, I think is a fine way to go. Now, like I said, this will piss off many clinical directors out there. And if you are a clinical director and you're checking your email every five minutes because you're like, I need to know, well, then you haven't set up a good system for notification. Like what you want to tell your folks is email me for non-urgent things. I'll, I'll be checking at least, you know, three times a day and call me for anything that's truly urgent. And then you too will not have to get into your email more than that. Now, and every good clinical director is going to tell me I'm crazy. And I understand if that's your job, it may be a little bit different. But um, for most of us, work email once a day, maybe even less. Uh, there was this horrible human being that I used to work with uh, who... Uh, I think quite deliberately would email out this horrible bomb on Friday afternoons. I mean, just something that when you saw it, it's just like, oh God, I'm dreading Monday now. My entire weekend is ruined. And uh, she or he would do it, I think, quite deliberately. And, you know, what it came down to is it wasn't their fault. They could do whatever they want. It was my fault for checking that email on a Friday afternoon um, because I should have known better. So there you go. Email should spark joy. And we'll, we'll talk about a lot of the other ways that that could happen. But one of the key ways is separate out work and personal. And then get to the point where your personal email is only things that lead to happiness with the uh, very brief exceptions of things that you need to know about anyway. You know, if there's a family tragedy that's, you know, that's sent to you by email, you want to see that. You don't want to wait. That's, it's not like some ridiculous person in another department in your hospital uh, pissing you off. Or, or telling you stuff, it's, it's people you'll love. Okay, point three, and we, we alluded to this. Don't treat this asynchronous technology as synchronous, which is, you know, on both sides, you know, your expectations for emails you send out and your capability of dealing with emails that are sent to you. Don't expect or encourage real-time replies from emails. A, a reasonable expectation is 48 hours, right? 24 would be nice, 48 hours is reasonable. And if, you know, if you're going a week, well, then you're going to be making people really sad. But if it's something more urgent than 48, 72 hours, then you shouldn't have sent the email in the first place. You should have gotten to them with a synchronous technology or followed up with a synchronous technology. Um, now, look, it's fine to reply right away to emails you get sent for people that you're not trying to pace. Now, what I mean by pacing, if you have someone who every email you send out is going to get you back three emails, then you want to paste them. You want to actually start getting the message across subliminally that the response time you're, they're going to get to emails they send is, you know, one to two days. Now, all of a sudden, they know that they could find you in person if they need responses beyond that. Otherwise, you know, what you could get is this situation where uh, one email begets nine. And uh, you, you're just going to be spending your entire day answering emails. So this idea of pacing, especially uh, in work situations with people that don't really understand how email should be used, is absolutely a good way to go. All right, number four, 
Your email inbox cannot be your to-do system. This is a big problem people have, and that's why when they open up their email and they see 100 emails of things they haven't really mentally processed, uh, that they get so miserable. Your email inbox cannot be your to-do system. You need a to-do system, whether that means on paper, whether it means an electronic system like I've taught uh, in the Getting Things Done lectures. Um, You need to take the emails, and if they are to-do items, to put them in a separate system. Your email inbox is a really crappy place to process and make decisions and store things you need to do in your life. Which brings us to point number five. Point five is just one touch. You should touch every email just once, just once. Now, how do you do that? How do you touch email just once? All right, here are the things that you have as options once you open an email and have read it. You could actually do the thing in the email if there's something that needs to be done, whether that means a reply, whether that means a piece of information that people want, whether it means uh, writing something down in your calendar. You could just get it done. The second option is to system it, meaning put it in your to-do system. If it's something you don't want to do right now because you can't get it over with in 20 seconds, don't leave it there. Just put it in your to-do system. You should either do it or system it. Now, look, sometimes I violate this. I'll leave it there. I look at the email and I'm going to do it in a few hours, but I plan on doing it in that same day. That's okay. That's okay. It could sit there in your email box. This is why inbox zero is not really understood. That's fine. I know what I need to do. I already plan on doing it. I'm going to do it, you know, in two hours when I'm back at my desk. Um, And so it could sit there. That's absolutely fine. I already have processed in my mind what I need to do. So it could sit there. But otherwise, if you either hasn't, haven't processed or you have and you know you're not going to do it today, get it the hell out of your email box. Three is delegate it. If it's someone else, and delegate's like this business horrible term, but you know, if, you're, if you know this is something your wife takes care of in your household, um, you know, the word delegate is still true, but it has this bad intonation to it. But you know, that's essentially what it is, is you're, you're getting it out of your plate and putting it on someone else's. Now, um, if you're putting too many things on other people's plate, then that's not good. But that's not email's fault. Email just makes it easier to do it. So you, you know, if that's where your problems lie, then you really have to stop dumping work on people. Email is not uh, at fault. Uh, save it. Now, that doesn't mean save the email. And this is the key thing people don't understand. Save it means put it in your storage system. You know, if it's something that it was a warranty email to you, you can't leave that in your email uh, box, in inbox. You could leave it in your email system. I don't recommend it. I think there's better uh, reference systems out there, but you could. And we'll talk about how that works in just a bit, but you can't leave it in your email inbox. That's the key. Um, then there's unsub it. And this is really, uh, really important. Uh, if you're getting stuff in your email that is not either bringing you joy or is bringing false joy. And what do I mean by that? Well, like I used to uh, get emails from like a lot of companies where they're new products and stuff. And what you realize is that that's a pure hedonic, hedonic treadmill issue is um, I see these new products. I want to buy them. So now I have the email. Now I have to process the email. I have to think about it. Now I get a decision point to actually want to buy this new thing. I don't need the new thing. The much better way is instead of having this crap pushed to you is to pull it. When I realize I need a new thing, I need a new camera, then that's the time to go out and do some research on some trusted sites on what new camera I need rather than getting an email from GoPro telling me about their new camera. Because now I'm going to take a perfectly good camera that's serving all of my needs 
And now I'm going to think, do I need to buy the new version of this? And it's going to waste money. It's going to waste time. It's going to lead to more stress in life as you have to learn the new system and the instructions and all of this crap. And now you lose all your accessories. It's don't do it. This is the key is to realize what's true joy and fake joy. And a lot of these, you know, product emails that us gadget freaks like, it's not true joy. It's false joy. In fact, it's negative effects on your life. So just unsub it. You don't see it, then you don't get bothered anymore by the new version out there. And then when it breaks, you look up, you see, oh, let's look into this new version. So unsub everything that's not bringing you true joy. Just get it the hell out of there. You don't need notifications from Walmart. Get them the hell out of there. Unsub everything that is real, uh, that is not bringing true real joy to your life. All right. Now, Sometimes you're getting emails that are useless and you can't unsub. For instance, at one of the old places I worked, every Friday afternoon, we would get an email from the inpatient physical therapy service telling us about the availability of inpatient physical therapy. Now, as an ED critical care doc, I can't even utilize inpatient physical therapy. And I, I sent numerous emails to this department saying, stop sending out these emails to everyone. Send them out only to the people that actually need to know. And they said, we can't. We can't do that, which is garbage. But whatever. You have a solution. Every email program out there has what's called filters. And filters allow you to pick either by the sender or something in the subject line. Or, you know, you get really in-depth on these. You could just never see these messages again. You could filter them out of your life and not have to have your work email filled with all of this email that serves no purpose whatsoever. Um, you know, if you're not the clinical director, you don't need to know when the boiler is up or down. That's not something you need to know. And yet it's sent out to the entire system. Filter those. You could filter almost everything. And the one minute it takes, once you actually learn how to use filters in your system, the one minute it takes is worth, you know, probably an hour of your year um, for each individual class of email when you think about it because you can't help but read the garbage that they you know, send unless you don't see it in the first place. Trash it. Now, this is key, and we'll get there. It's the next point, but trash it really should be archive it. I'll tell you why in a second. Um, just get it out of your box. If you don't need to act on it and you don't need to save it, get it the hell out of there. Just boom, gone. Archive it, never see it again. And honestly, um, if you really look at it and your inclination is, I never need to do anything on this. Just get it the hell out of your email box. And then there's one last thing, and it's a slippery slope. And some of you may already have encountered this, and some may have no idea what I'm talking about. But there's a bunch of services. I use one called Boomerang uh, that works with Gmail that allows you to take a message out of your inbox and bring it back to your inbox at some point that you set. So with Boomerang, I say bring it back tomorrow morning, or I bring it back in two days, bring it back in four days. These are dangerous because it's a crutch to actually processing the email. When it's safe and a good idea to use these is when you know exactly what you need to do, but you can't do it until some future point in time that's very close. Like if it's two weeks from now, don't, don't do that. Put it in your system. But if you know, okay, I can't do this today. I'm out of town, but I could definitely do it tomorrow morning and I want to, then you could get it out of your email box simply by boomeranging it, or there's a bunch of other services that do this, to your email box again tomorrow morning. And then when you look in your email box, you're not 
struck by, oh God, it's another email decision that you know is waiting for me until the time you could actually act on it. And then when you see it again, get it the hell out of your life. So these can be dangerous because you'll have a tendency, you'll have 40 emails in your box and you just be like, oh, I'll take all 40 of these and bring them back in four days. And then, you know, future Homer will deal with this. Um, that's not a good use of these services. And it's very easy to fall into that. Okay. Number six, archive, don't delete. There's no point in this age of insane, cheap storage to ever delete an email. It will, you know, look, if it's spam, by all means, but, you know, you don't need to delete it. You spam it. And then... Um, it actually gets deleted and spammed out. And, you know, that should have been in that just one touch list is spam it. Um, utilize spam uh, filters, which are automatic. You just hit spam and then the, the machine takes care of it. Um, and that's going to get it. So those get deleted. But everything else, you're just going to be miserable if you delete an email. Then, then you realize, oh, wow, it would have been great if I still had that email. And there's no point to it. So stop deleting. Just archive. Archive means it's still in your system, but you're not looking at it, but it's searchable. It's there. And every email service I know has some archive function. Sometimes you have to enable it, especially for like work emails, because they want you to delete them because they, uh, they want you to save space for them. Uh, but don't just activate the archive, archive it, and get it the hell out of there and know you'll be able to get it, which brings us to point number seven, which is search. Don't file. I know people out there that are, you know, making folders in their email and they're transferring and moving and it's, don't do that. It, life is too short. You're not going to benefit from that with any real degree of, uh, of, of goodness. It, it's net negative. Pro I promise you, I've tried it. I've seen it. It's net negative. With the current generation of search in almost every email client out there, you are so much better off just archiving every message, archive every message. And then just learn to use search fields. And this is the key. The 10 minutes it'll take to learn that you just don't put in the, uh, the subject line you want, but you can actually narrow it by date. You can narrow it by both sender. You can narrow it as messages sent directly to you versus ones sent to everyone. And all of a sudden, you know, when you actually need something, it'll be there within, you know, one search. It's there. You don't need to file. The amount of time you're spending filing is a waste of your life. And then you have to remember, where is it in my file system? Don't do it. Just trust me. Archive and learn to search. All right. Number eight, inbox elimination. This has uh, been discussed in one of the GTD episodes. And it, in, in some ways, it sounds a little bit counter to what I was saying before about uh, not taking too much stuff into your email box. But, but the point is to take the amount of stuff you could handle. And by which I mean, I used to have all these services like read it later services, like uh, pocket, for instance, where like every time I'd see an article that I wanted to read, I'd put it into pocket. And then what you realize is like for a completionist like me, pocket became this huge, painful stress that I'm never going to have time to read the now 600 articles that I have stored in this system. Um, and then what I started using is my email inbox as the only place I'm allowed to send myself stuff that I don't want to do right away, but I do want to do. And it keeps you honest. Now, all of a sudden, you realize, wow, I'm saving too much crap. I'm never going to get to this. And you start naturally saying, do I really ever want to read this article? No, I don't. And you stop sending it to yourself because you're creating pain each time you have, you know, 10 things in your email inbox that you want to read or look at. 
10 things in your email inbox that you want to read and look at versus two. And 10 is too many, so you stop sending your stuff stuff. But having too many of these various scattered inboxes, you have Pocket, and then you have the podcast you want to listen to, and all of this stuff, uh, it leads to misery. If you just have one inbox, then all of a sudden, you know exactly what you could actually handle. And it's the same thing, and we'll get into this in other episodes of this, in terms of work stuff. If you really process things the way I'm saying, all of a sudden you realize, here's how many projects I can handle. Here's how many new things I could take on because it's all there in front of you and you're being forced to make decisions about it. Okay. And the move to as few inboxes as possible has been game-changing. Now, I do have, um, because Gmail has this as an option, I have, uh, they allow you to break up your incoming mail, all sent to the same address, into different mailboxes. And the way I've set it up is I have uh, my main primary inbox is just, really all that comes there is uh, personal stuff, things from friends and family uh, that I really care about seeing right away. And that's the inbox that I see when I open up Gmail. Um, The second inbox is everything else, all of the promotional stuff, uh, comments from the blog, um, but all of that is also really pruned, really uh, uh, curated to the point where I'm getting very minimal email each day. And then I have a third box, which for Gmail is social, but I don't use it for that. What I use it for is uh, because Gmail, as you move things, it starts learning is all my journals. So all the journal table of contents I get are in one place um, because I process those, you know, like two or three times a month. I don't want to see them. I don't want them cluttering up my inbox. If your email service can't handle that like Gmail does, what I would advocate is getting three separate email addresses. You could do this with one address uh, in most services just by putting a period in. So, you know, for uh, my uh, address, uh, if I put a period after the first letter, it's a different address for signing up for things, and yet it all goes to the same place. Uh, And then you could filter based on that. But uh, I like separating out those journals because I want them there, but I don't want to see them in my inbox sitting there telling me uh, you you have this many journals that you have to look at the table of contents on. So I separate those out. And if you can't do that, then having a separate email address for those and only logging in when you actually want to process them for things like table of contents of journals uh, is a great way to go. All right. Number nine, um, and this was discussed extensively in a book I highly recommend, and it's in the show notes for this episode called Deep Work by Cal Newport, um, is to minimize the back and forth steps. So, you know, you sending out, hey, what do you think about meeting up next week is markedly less effective for your life uh, happiness and the people you're sending it to than saying, hey, I think about meeting up next week. What do you think? If you want to, here are two dates and times where I'm available or three dates and times where I'm available, or even better, a doodle link, uh, and and all of a sudden you've, you've created uh, 10 less emails because they're like, yeah, sure, let's meet up. And then you have to send, okay, well, uh, when do you think's good for you? And, and it's this back and forth that leads to so many unnecessary email processing steps for you and unnecessary decisions that could all be eliminated simply by asking yourself, how many steps could I eliminate in this first email? Um, The other nice thing along that line is you could actually put in your email no response necessary. Now, some people have made this into the abbreviation NRN. Um, Most people are not going to understand that. So you could just simply say in your subject line or somewhere in the email uh, text, no response necessary, no reply necessary. And then people don't have to reply and then you don't have to see their reply. Now, they might reply anyway. That's fine. But the point is you're trying as much as possible to uh, eliminate 
back and forth steps whenever you possibly can. Now, Cal Newport in that book has some amazing other recommendations along these lines. I'm not going to go into them right now, maybe in a future email episode. And I will say, he just put out a book on email. I found it markedly disappointing. I did not like the book at all. I don't recommend it. I don't think it's useful. And I think his first book, Deep Work, actually had far more important stuff on email use than his uh, third book on email or his third productivity book. Okay, number 10. And this, he, this was the crux of his most recent email book. And he's right for this part. Uh, for some use cases, better than using work email is to use some of these new services like Slack or Basecamp or Teams that actually eliminate the back and forth emails and keep things siloed into the actual categories they relate to and allows you to find messages far more easily. Um, now, these get abused too. People love Slack when it first started because it led to a lot less interactions. And now all of a sudden, people are doing the same dumb stuff on Slack they were doing on email. But for many use cases in the work environment, this can be better. All right, wow, that was a lot for this first episode. So uh, I will say, Scott Weingart for the On Deeper Reflection podcast saying bye-bye. Hey there, On Deeper Reflection listeners. Before I disappear, in addition to podcasting, I am a physician and clinician performance coach. And that means I work with clients to deal with issues of burnout, to deal with issues of not being as happy as they'd like at their job, but also on the positive side. I work with people that are already performing at an amazing level, but they want to increase their productivity, their performance, their joy in life, their what we call eudaimonia, their flourishing. And so from all these different bents in a wide variety of possible situations, uh, I could work with you to make your life better. If that sounds interesting, if that sounds appealing, if it sounds like something that would make your life better, both in your job and outside it, then get in touch at mcrit.org slash coach. That's E-M-C-R-I-T dot org slash coach. And that'll take you to the page where you'll see all the variety of coaching that I offer and how to take the next step to make your life better. So mcrit, E-M-C-R-I-T dot org slash coach. Bye. Bye.